Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with theater's biggest names. This episode is with Alice Lee, who you've seen on Broadway in the original cast of Spring Awakening and Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. She's also a very accomplished TV and film actor now and has just been going through this incredible journey of self-discovery. And she went from New York to L.A. and now she's back at home during quarantine in Chicago, where she grew up. We got into a, a very serious conversation about um, sort of feeling, uh, I want to use the word obligated. She didn't use this word, but, I, you know, indebted, I guess, is a better way of saying it to her parents who, who are immigrants and gave up so much and helped her become the person that she is. She got very emotional talking about it. So, Alice, thank you for sharing and being your authentic self. I think it's so, so important to hear that story. As always, please visit me online at theater underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Please turn to that friend next to you. Tell them you're listening to a great podcast. Have them subscribe too. We need to grow the ratings, grow the reviews. Find me on Facebook. I'm there as well. Show your support for the podcast at thetheaterpodcast.com. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Alice Lee. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Here you go. One, two, three... My guest today is no stranger to the stage, having made her Broadway debut in the original production of Spring Awakening, followed by Spider-Man, Turn Off the Dark. She has appeared on TV shows like Smash and The Mindy Project, Two Broke Girls, and Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. She has even been on the ever-popular web series Indoor Boys and played the amazingly self-centered best friend Gretchen, I put in air quotes, best friend, in 2019's Britney Runs a Marathon, now part of the Broadway Buskers concert series produced virtually this year by the Times Square Alliance. Alice Lee, welcome to the theater podcast. Thank you so much. That was such an awesome introduction. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. And I, w- I was doing research for this as I do for, you know, most, I say most of the interviews I do. Um, and, and I was surprised by, by, I guess your, your, how deep you're tied into the Broadway world while still having such a strong TV and film career. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> so, well, yeah. So, so, I mean, I want to start with that though, because you've got the two Broadway credits um, and you're young and like your IMDb page is, is very long. So you've obviously been working for a long time. I, so I guess, let's see, we're in quarantine. Where are you, where are you right now? Where are you interviewing from? Right. So right now I'm in the north suburbs of Chicago, which is where I was born and raised um, with my parents because I was in L.A. um, obviously quarantining when this first 
started, but I live alone. And so honestly, it was just hard. <laughs> I was like, okay, um, I think since there's nothing going on here, might as well spend some time with the parents and, you know, and so I've been here for a couple months actually, and it's been mm -hmm. so good. Like I'm, my parents are like my best friends and we have a great time. We go golfing <laughs> and just mentally, emotionally, I just think I feel a lot healthier, you know? So it's been good. And also, you know, obviously everything that's going on is really shitty, but it's when else would you get this time, you know, to spend with your family? So for me, it's kind of the silver lining. Right. Yeah. The, the, I guess living alone, living alone is hard enough, right? Some people yeah. like it, some people don't, but then in LA where I personally, I've never really liked LA beyond just visiting for a couple of days. Cause it's <laughs> maybe, maybe I've never had the right opportunity yeah, yeah, or to like hang out. I, I mean, I, I've visited friends out there and it's great, but it's like, I love the the subway here and yeah. everything is concentrated and in a good way and a bad way. But, you know, you look at the good. But like, I can imagine how being quarantined with everything shutting down, like if you're by yourself, you leave and you have purpose and you go do things and yeah. you're auditioning or you're filming or whatever. And mm -hmm. with everything shut down, then like, does it start to get lonely? Does it, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I won't even lie. Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, and like. Yeah, that's the thing. I love New York. I love LA. I feel like they're like apples and oranges, mm -hmm. but everyone has different tastes. And I'm like, you know, you do you. Um, but yeah, for quarantine, for sure, even LA was just, I don't know. It was hard. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, right. there were situations, of course. And, you know, I feel very lucky that I'm in my situation. But yeah, it's tough, man. Right. The, the, well, the, the whole, I mean, you're moving in Chicago, you're back to, you're moving at least closer back to New York right now. Mm -hmm. And then part of the Buskers, Broadway Busker series, which we'll touch on. Um, but how long, how long were you in New York versus LA? I mean, you grew up in Chicago, you said, right? Born and raised in Chicago. Yeah. So, and I was looking through your Instagram page and obviously you play piano and you play guitar. Are these mm -hmm. the, only, the only two instruments? Yeah, those are like my main instruments. I mean, I played clar I played clarinet in like middle school and <laughs> band. I learned drums. Um, let's see. I guess those are my mains. Piano and guitar. Yeah, for sure. So then why, I guess, well, okay. So let me back up a second. At what point... Are you like, I'm going to try this crazy acting thing for a living or I'm going to start performing for a living? When did you start? Did instruments come first at a young age or was stage first? Yeah, definitely instruments at a young age and also just like singing um, and performing. Like my dad's a really great singer. Um, so he used to do karaoke and like <laughs> I was just like, I love that stuff. Um, but like professionally, basically what happened was I went to college. Uh, I went to NYU uh, but I went for music business because at the time also there wasn't like a pop music program or like back then it was either just musical theater or like um, traditional, what is it? Just like music performance that wasn't pop, mm -hmm. you know, like what's traditional? I don't even classical. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was either musical theater or classical. Um, and I was like, Oh, I don't fit either of those. Cause at the time, I did like lame as in high school, but I wasn't like doing theater. Um, 
So I wasn't really sure, but I was like, I know I want to do something with music. And so I was like, let's do music business. Like that sounds great. So I went to NYU and basically my freshman year, the end of my freshman year in college, I went to see Spring Awakening with my friend and like on Broadway. And I was like obsessed. And then we went on the website. Yeah, 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 it's amazing. And then we went on this on the website and we saw that there were open calls. And so we were like, let's go. And then, you know, I just feel like I got lucky and the stars aligned, uh, whatever it is, I booked it. And so that was my first show on Broadway. And then through that, I got an agent who I've been with since then. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of just started there and then I started auditioning and all that. And yeah, it's crazy. So then why, uh, when did you move to LA and why? So LA, I moved um, around five years ago. I moved to do this singing reality show called Rising Star on ABC. <laughs> um, it only ran one season. It was with like Kesha, Josh Groban. Um, I'm like, I don't even know who the other judges were, but it was really fun. Um, so because of that, I was actually doing Heather's Off-Broadway at the time in New York. Um, but then this came along and I was like, you know what? I've always like loved music and I just feel like I just need to go and try. And so I went, I was in LA for a couple months. Um, and then I was in like the top 13, but then I got kicked off, <laughs> came back to New York. And I was like, you know what? I just feel like right now is the time. I just felt it in my gut. So I was like, let's make the move. So I did it. <laughs> so you've, wow. So you've only been out there, I guess, permanently for five years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was, was the, reality show i've talked to other people who've been on reality shows and they're like it's the the worst horrible most traumatic experience they've ever been through yeah i mean i wouldn't say it was the most traumatic but it was definitely like i don't think i ever want to do one again (laughs) i was like i'm never gonna do a reality show again um it's just funny because you get sucked into it like for me it's like i had an agent i had reps so I was like, I'm going to work again. You know, like I know I'm going to do something again. A lot of the other contestants, like this was it. Like they're, this is their moment or not. Um, so like when I got kicked off, I was so devastated. <laughs> and I was like, Alice, like, why are you so devastated? Like, this isn't the end for you. But I was like crying and my mom was there and she was like, she made fun of me later. And she was like, yeah, that was embarrassing. Like you're crying. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, you just get sucked in and it's just like a bubble. Um, And I feel like, you know, it's just, it's not like actually real, I guess, like if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. It's all subjective and yeah, it was was fun. But how much of it for you, at least, how much of it was actually like fully unscripted? I've talked to other people, several American Idol contestants who were just like, oh, wait, they didn't let you through. Yeah, go back again. We're going to tell them to to put you through this time, like mm. affecting the ju- the producers affect the judges outcome. Right. If and it doesn't the go thing. the way they want. Right. And that's the thing. Like I wasn't sure, you know, and like, how can you know if the voting system is really right? And, you know, I do feel like they were kind of making people into like what they wanted. Like, this is your story. You know, like I had a friend on the show. I know her now. Her name's Myra and she was in the tour of Miss Saigon and it's so funny, like her name <laughs> is Myra, but they were trying to, they were like, you need to use your like Thailand name, your Thai name. Like we have to make sure you're like your Thai name. Like, and she's like, but I'm Myra. And like, they kind of make everyone into this caricature, I guess a little bit. 
Right. And like my whole thing was she's musical theater, like, which is great. But I also like, I think my voice isn't traditional musical theater. <laughs> and it's like their whole thing though. It's like, you're so musical theater. Like that was like the thing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> 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 sure. <laughs> but yeah, it was fun though. Well, they, yeah, they need to make, they need to paint this narrative to have to for ratings yeah. people either need to love you or hate you and want to come back for whatever reason yeah but but your whole life can be shaped by somebody's need for ratings which is kind of i mean in a bad way right so if you're like you're painted as or edited together as this horrible person then that's a stigma now especially with the internet you get you can't shake it because yeah. it's, like, it's forever yeah yeah that's what's scary but i guess it's like you just have to realize like that's just shit that people say. And if that's not really you, like, it's all good. I mean, I tried to be very, you know, you can't control everything, but. <laughs> well, yeah. in, the, in New York, right, you see people all the time. You see celebrities and Broadway people. And it's, and I feel like, you know, if you're, if you live in New York, you're used to it. It's just like, oh, look, there's, you know, I sat down next to Elizabeth Banks at the Bronx Zoo or at the Central Park Zoo once. And, you know, it was like, oh, look, she takes her kids to the zoo too. Right, and, right. And like in LA though, I guess, is that, is that different for you? Are you getting recognized from, from the, the reality shows or from movies or from TVs? Are you like, is that, is that happening over there versus New York? You're just like, finally I can get a Starbucks and nobody cares. <laughs> no, I definitely don't think I'm at any level like that. <laughs> um, but I mean, it does happen at like random times though. Um, just random times. Sometimes like I will get be getting a coffee and they're like, were you on that show? Take two on ABC. And I'm like, yeah, like you watch that. Like, no. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Um, thank you. And then Heather's also like, sometimes people, that's the one that I'm actually the most, like I see girls who are like, you're from Heather's or like, um, the Netflix movie I did Sierra Burgess is a loser. Like that was very popular among like teens as well. And so, it's kind of random, but it's definitely nothing like I'm like, I can't walk the streets. Like, <laughs> was there, is there then the more that's happening over time? Is there like sort of an added pressure to, to be more of who you think people want to be or who you think people want you to be? Or are you just like, eh, screw it. I'm just, I'm Alice. I'm posting weird pictures and I'm being a dork and I'm, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, you go. Oh, no, I was going to say, like, I was just asking if that's if that's what it is. It, do you feel pressure from social media now, now that popularity is growing? Or is it just like, I don't care. I'm still me. Yeah. Take it I or think, leave it. I think social media is a little weird just because social media is always just so stressful for everyone, you know. Um, but I think I'm definitely the latter. Like, I just feel like I'm like, this is me. Like, take it or leave it. <laughs> um, one time I... I mean, I feel, I feel like we talk about this. I mean, it's legal in LA, um, but I was at the, uh, a weed dispensary and like mm -hmm. leaving and these people were like, oh my God, like you're Alice, right? And I'm like, yeah. And like, they were like, we, we know you from Sierra Burgess and like um, Brittany Runs Marathon. And like, we took pictures in front of the weed store and they're like, do you come here? And I was like, yeah, I'm a regular here, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> but it is who I am. And I'm like, have fun. They were like, we're going to try weed. Like we're in LA, like blah, blah. And I'm like, do it. <laughs> I'm rolling uh, my eyes. I'm yeah. rolling my eyes right now because weed needs to be nationally legalized. Mm, I definitely it's so <laughs> stupid and yeah and and I, th I just think it's funny because 
anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, wanna, I was like, yeah, we can. I was like, if you want a good podcast about weed, <laughs> listen to the Brave New Weed podcast. Oh, okay. That's a good one. Um, yeah, so <laughs> just like you don't go to a bar and you're like, I'm going to try alcohol now and, just, I know, and right? drink a whole bottle of whiskey. No, like you learn yeah. and you figure out what works. Anyway, this is obviously you've you've pushed a button for me. I think this well, is so stupid. Um, I mean, I'm passionate about the issue too. I totally agree with you. <laughs> actually, so talking about like sort of activism, passionate stuff on your Instagram too. You were posting, um, you know, back in June, you were posting about all this stuff about um, realizing your privilege and realizing um, uh, that it's important just to care about more than just who's president. You have to know who's your VP and your local congressman and your local this and your all of that and. I mean, talk to me a little bit more about that because, I mean, being, being presenting as Asian, there's a certain stereotype and, you know, you may identify in any number of different ways, right? And that's totally up to you. Yeah. And how, do, do you find yourself in these positions now, especially being on social media and being in the time we're living in where, where you feel like you're, you're changing into a different, um, Present public presentation because of uh, demographics and and physical appearance. Yeah, I mean, I do feel like yeah, this time again, twenty twenty is like so wild. Um, I just feel like, like you said, I think there are just so many things I hadn't realized or really thought about. Like obviously, just growing up as an Asian woman in America, like I've experienced a lot of stuff with race and things, but I just never, I don't know, just never really fully registered as something that I can make a difference about. And definitely like Black Lives Matter for me, it just, because of that, I just realized so many things. And um, yeah, I do feel like, you know, I was kind of afraid to like talk about it or say anything like a lot of people. Um, but at the end of the day, if it's like something you believe in and like you really believe in it, I just feel like, you know, fuck it. Like <laughs> I have to say something and if this can make a difference or make one person think about it differently. Um, I feel like that matters, you know? Um, so yeah, it's weird. Cause also I'm like, who am I? Like, no one gives a fuck like what I think. Like, you know, I'm like, who cares? But then also I'm like, but still it's, even if I had no followers, like I should be still talking about this stuff, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just still learning and still, you know, figuring it out, but I'm just grateful that I know now, like better late than never, you know? Yeah, growing up to my my and no fault of my parents, it's just where they grew up as well is is they're not purposely racist, if that makes sense. Yeah, like it does. They, they don't consciously have any sort of ill will towards anybody who does not look like them, but they say things that they think are funny. Right. Which just aren't appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It happens all the time. And like we just get used to laughing or like I don't know I just think we all suppress things in different ways and I just feel like a lot of us are finding our voices a little more now and are like for me it's like now I'm more confident about speaking up about certain things because I feel like someone has my back you know like mm -hmm. like it's not just me making shit up I'm like no no that was wrong like so now I feel better about saying something if anything goes down you know yeah yeah did you I mean did you experience a lot of that in Chicago like is you so you I guess you identify as Asian American yeah yeah, and I'm Korean. Yeah. Oh, you're Korean. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's there's so many so many Asian stereotypes. There's so many stereotypes about every race. Yeah. But um, 
I mean, growing up, especially getting to where you are now, looking back, you were like, now that would not fly. That happened to me. And that's, that's wholly inappropriate or, you know, you're nodding, you're nodding your head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Like looking back at your childhood, are there things now that, you know, you, you would want to have happen differently or do differently? I mean, I'm very much of, I'm like, everything happens for a reason. And so for me, it's like, I wouldn't change anything, you know? Um, Cause I feel like that's everything that's happened has brought me to where I am and who I am today. And I love, I love it. Um, I love my life. I love me. Like I love my family, friends, all that. Um, but yeah, you just kind of realize now like, Oh, no wonder I felt like that. Like, Oh, like so many things. Or yeah, I mean, I just, I feel like I can't even like pick out a certain moment, but just a lot of subtle, just like, little things where you realize, Oh, that hurt me. Um, so I just feel like, you know, you're always, I feel very always on the lookout, like in defense, like I don't know what someone's going to say, or I don't know what's going to happen in this situation. So I always have to be ready for it. Like, I don't know, you know? So I think I realized, Oh, I do kind of live with that without realizing it. Um, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Well, Honestly, no, I don't. Oh, right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. Like if, if I'm being honest, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, um, yeah, And And that's my own, that's my own thing that I've been yeah. realizing with, re- realizing awesome. and dealing mm-hmm. with, um, you know, the last little while as well. And I mean, not just the last few months, but, um, you know, later on in my life, like now being a father and trying to teach oh. my kids things mm-hmm. and... Uh, and going to therapy for the first time in my whole life awesome. and dealing dealing with you know reasons that I react the way I do. Yes. But all of this too, it, it, you know, it's interesting. I don't know. I don't I actually don't know if you can hear the helicopter above me right now. Mm-hmm. There's, it might be in the final recording. Who knows? But um, I live near the Barclay Center here in Brooklyn, okay. and um, when when George Floyd was murdered, there were all the protests out here and there was this helicopter almost every night for weeks. And, and, you know, my wife and I are talking, my wife is, is Asian American too. Mm. And um, neither of us before have just felt this anxiety or this dread of like, Oh, we hear helicopter. Like now it's this. And I realized, I said, this is how some people feel every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, we have to change that. Yeah, totally. I think that's amazing. I think that's the thing. Like, just looking inside, you know, I feel like that's one of the biggest things and realizing like, oh, like actually realizing like, can you imagine like living with that fear, you know, like living with that anxiety, like all the time, like that's insane and no one should have to. Well, it drives people to do very unnecessary things to cope with it, whether it's conscious mm-hmm. or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so everybody has defense mechanisms and everybody deals with their own distress in one way or another and you know some people it's drugs and some people it's abuse and some people it's reading or becoming an (laughs) introvert like there's there's benign and not so benign ways of dealing with things some people turn to music they write music they go see theater so especially right now with everything shut down no like there's this boiling point we're all coming to totally gosh i don't know i I'm, I'm rambling now, but no, no, uh, I, I love it. I'm like, yeah, let's shoot the shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in, in your household too, like growing up, I guess, are you, are you an only child? Do you have siblings? I am actually. Yeah. Child? So like you and your parents, 
I'm do you do you remember the first time that your parents talked to you about race? Did they talk to you about that? Of like, you know, we're we're we don't look like everybody else in this area, so we might be. I mean, like, yeah. tell me about that. I mean, there was never any like conversation, like really? oh, like you might be treated differently because of whatever. Um, yeah, but I think. I think we just, I just like learned or like, and you know, they are immigrants and um, I think it was just always there. Like we always just knew. Um, and so I have memories of like, you know, like people, cause my parents didn't speak a lot of English, like good English back then. Like, you know, there's elements of like feeling like people were looking down on them or like, I don't know. Yeah. Just sorry. <laughs> Um, so just like feelings of that. Um, and so, um, I'm so sorry. This is so weird. Um, but yeah, so I think it's like, it didn't even have to really be talked about. Um, and luckily we had a great community of Korean people back then. And, but, you know, just the feeling of always feeling different and trying to fit in so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's something that I've realized like now more than ever. Like I'm so happy who, about who I am. And so I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I was ever like weird about it. Not even ashamed, more just like, oh, like I just know I was different. And obviously, you know, what I went through is specific to my experience. You know, I know other people go through other hardships for, you know. Um, and also I'm very thankful because a lot of my family lives in South Korea. And so I was also very lucky and privileged to be able to, you know, my dad obviously worked his ass off, but me and my mom were able to go to Korea, um, like every two years to visit family. So every summer I would spend time there and like, you know, grow up with my cousins essentially. Um, and so we've been going there consistently and South Korea is just like a part of me as well. Um, so I feel like I would never change that, you know? So yeah, it's like, I just, I wouldn't change anything, but yeah, it's just, you know, everyone's experience is unique, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I can say like, oh, yeah, I know, but I don't because, yeah. you know, again, you know, my parents, two white people just did their thing and I just did my thing and I was just played soccer and I needed track and I didn't have to worry about getting pulled over because I was driving late at night. Yeah, I mean, I same, me neither. You know, that's why it's like yeah. different. Like for me, too, it's like I didn't have to worry about that, you know, um, so I feel like everyone's privilege is different. It's, it's very interesting. Right, right. I mean, so now, I mean, now you're at home, you're, you're with your parents. Obviously, you have a good relationship with them. I mean, you care about them very yeah, much. Yeah, they're what, the and, best. <laughs> and what they've, what they've gone through to allow you to have what, you know, the life that you have now. And, and so do you, do you feel any sort of any pressure or obligation to, like, give back to them? Is it, you know, like a repayment? So I mean, <laughs> right. You're nodding. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like they never put pressure on me. Like they never do, but obviously I feel it myself, you know? Cause obviously, yeah, like they work so hard to give me. And just as you too, like our parents, like they, no matter what, they all sacrifice something to like give us the lives that we have, you know, it's something that they weren't able to do. And so I think it's also reminding myself, ourselves that like, even where we're at, they're already so proud of, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And it's just, I want to just give back, you know, I just want to, I used to like joke being like, I'm going to buy you a house where you can't even find each other. Cause it's so big. <laughs> <laughs> and they joke about it now. They're like, where's our house where we can't find each other. 
And I'm like, it's coming, but also I don't think we need a house that big. So like we also should, yeah. But yeah, it's it's all good. Um, yeah, they're the best. <laughs> it's funny because, you know, teenagers are always assholes. And, <laughs> and you know, I was a jerk to my parents uh, at that point anyway. And, you know, finally when I went to college, I can find, I finally, my dad especially, I started seeing him as a real person, right? They right. weren't parents anymore they were just like people with problems like the rest of us and and i i joked about it at the time and then especially now as a parent i've got two little ones that um every time i would go home and then i would come back it's like clockwork a couple hours later i'd always get i go home for like visit them during college or something and i come back and i'd always have this email waiting for me that was like from my dad that's always like it was so great to see you you know it's always wonderful i'm just so proud of you everything's fine everything's great i'm proud Mm -hmm. proud proud i was like yep here's the email but now like my kid wiped their own ass i'm like i'm proud of you that's that's, like you are doing things for yourself and wait I got to sleep in until nine because you figured out how to make your own waffle in the toaster. Yeah, like right. that's pretty, you know, it's just little things. And I can imagine as they get older and older and older and the, the things get bigger, it's just like, I don't have the pressure on them. Yeah. I don't, I'm not putting on pressure on them to like learn to make their own Eggo waffle. Yeah. But when they do it, it's like the greatest thing. Oh, that's so you know? cool. I believe you. <laughs> that's why I feel like it's like the circle of life. Like, you know, like, cause once you're a parent, you realize, you know, you understand your parents better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I still, I mean, I've talked about this in the podcast too, that I feel like that, you know, sometimes in trauma or in not necessarily traumatic experiences, but I feel like there's sometimes when people are just sort of locked in sort of an emotional state for several years, maybe decades. Yeah. And, and I, and I still feel like I'm 25 until I hang out with 25 year olds. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I hear too. Like even my parents say that like older people, they're like, I still feel like 18, but I just like, yeah. I get it. I'm looking older and older. And I feel like I get it too. Cause like I'm 31 now and like, but hanging out with like a 22 year old, I'm like, Oh, like I might look early twenties, but like when I'm actually hanging out with them, I'm like, Oh my God. Like I'm kind of glad I'm older, you know, like I remember what it's like to be 22 and like, I had no idea who I was, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing. Well, that's, I think that's part of it for me because I'm 39 and there's still the fear of who do I want to be when I grow up. Mm. Which and is I, still true. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even with kids, even with a job, with yes. jobs, with a house, with a, with whatever I've got, I'm like, and this is my own thing that I work through in therapy is just being content in the moment. Yes. Because I still feel that same fear yeah. that I did all growing up, not even realizing I was feeling that until I could verbalize it, you know, recently in life. Yeah. And I feel like that's the thing. Like our whole lives, I feel like it's just learning and growing, you know? And that's why I feel like the beauty in getting older, like as much as I'm still like afraid of it for some reason, just because society, you know, but it's like you're getting to know yourself and like you're still, you're becoming the person, that complete person. Like, you know, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I do. I, yes, I can't agree with you there (laughs) because yes, I, I, and you know, as a younger person, I was like, why is that at 50, they're quitting their job and they're going back to school. Like, Mm. you know, life is over when you're 50. No, it doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. It's like you you choose for it to be over. Amen. And, And 
if you want to go back and you want to go back, go back. If you want to learn something new, learn something new. I mean, I, I think it, it, Esther Perel, um, do you know, do you know Esther? Mm-mm. She's um, one of the leading experts in, in relationships and like one of these conversations in like challenging modern love and non-monogamy and all these new cool, things. But cool. um, her, she said something on Dak Shepard's podcast once that I, that I loved was that um, most people often people will like um, get married two or three times in their life. Just most people get married to the same person because you're constantly changing. You're being a different person oh at different God. phases in your life. That's a cool way to look at it. Wow. So yeah. yeah. So like it, there's, there comes a point in your life where you you're like, I got to be a different person now, whether you realize right. it or not. And yeah. you either choose to, to evolve with your partner or have multiple partners you involve with, you're evolving with, or have no partners and leave them and do something else. But it's all a choice. It's yeah. always a choice. Yeah. And I think that's how I kind of feel with like 2020 too. You know, I like, not that I like I'm a different person, but I just feel like, I just feel like there's been a shift or something. Um, so yeah, like you change, it's an you evolve. Yeah. It's a, it's a, Spring awakening. <laughs> oh, sorry, I had to. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, it's cool. But I'm so grateful for it. You know, like, I'm like, that's awesome. Like, you can still grow and be a better person. Hopefully, like you know. Well, that yeah, and you just, you have to decide what's important for you and important to you. And I I mean I want to. I'll bring this back to you here as well, because like Broadway buskers, you're writing, you're performing your own music. Yeah. yeah. So like at what point do, does writing music become, uh, do, I mean, I guess, is there a line or is it just blurred between hobby and, and mental health therapy sort of expression and self and release? Right. I think, I don't know for me, I think it's just like, there's no like actual line of like, Oh, this is my release of, you know, mental, whatever, or I've always been writing music. Um, and I've always like tried it. Like when I lived in New York, I performed at Rockwood a bunch, like love Rockwood. Um, and I've like tried releasing singles here and there. Um, and also writing music is interesting too. Cause for me, it's like, it's very personal, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's your baby. And so with acting, I feel like I'm still a work for hire, you know, like I'm doing something for this person's baby. Like I want you to get everything you want out of this project, but I'm here to do what you want me to do. So I I can kind of remove myself in a way. Um, But music is like, no, 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 this is my baby. And like, I get it now. I'm like every little detail. I'm like, cause I'm I'm making a single right now um, and we're, we're producing it and stuff. And like, I'm just like so involved and, Cause it's my baby, but mm-hmm. it's also stressful. Like in some ways, cause like, yeah, it is expression and it is that, you know, like releasing like my emotions, and like getting all that stuff out. But I realize like, because sometimes I put pressure on myself. I'm like, for a long time I couldn't write. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, like the pressure of having to write a hit song or like making sure like, does someone do this before? Or, like, is it stupid? Like, I don't know. Like it stops being fun. And then, so I realize it really has to be like, you have to just remember that it's fun. Like you do it because you love it. And that's where your joy comes. And I think I realized that also this summer when I was like in quarantine and I was just doing a bunch of music and producing stuff, like making demos. And I was like, Oh my God, like 
I'm obsessed. Like, I love this. And I'm like, this is my freaking destiny. Like, I feel it in my gut. Like, I'm saying it out into the universe. And I'm like, <laughs> if I can love something this much, like, and this can actually go somewhere, I'm like, why not try? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, just let it let it go. Be open. And while, I, I mean, one of those things that the universe puts at your feet is like, if you're focused on making a single, then quarantine eventually is going to be better. We'll have something that allows us to go back to, I put in air quotes, regular job life again. Yeah. And you'll probably get this wonderful TV or movie role or bro even Broadway role, who knows, mm -hmm. because you're not waiting on it. It just, yeah. it just comes to you. Yeah. You just do. You just got to do. And then the universe listens. Like I really believe that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, um, is your style more, more pop? Like describe your music for those who, who may not have heard. Yeah. So, I mean, I used to be very singer songwriter, like Sarah Bareilles vibes. Um, but I've kind of shifted gears where, um, it's like pop. Like I feel like it's very, and I love pop, you know, and I've had a weird relationship with pop because I don't know. I just feel like there are people I've grown up with people who are like, Oh my God, like pop, like, ugh, it's so basic. Like it's so simple. It's so easy. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm like, you know what? I fucking love pop. I love top 40. Like it brings me joy. And so I'm trying, I write now I'm trying to write stuff that I would listen to, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So even the stuff I'm going to play for Broadway busker is like, it's different. I feel like, cause there are a couple tracks and, it's just a way more like pop vibes. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to go in that direction. Cause I just feel like also like there's no Asian person in like pop and like pop music. Like, you know, like if you really think about it, like, and I'm talking like big dreams, but like, you know, like. I am right? racking my brain right now. Yeah. Like there's not an like, cause there's like BTS, but they're like from Korea. Like that's different. I, I mean like an American, like, Asian American. Yeah. You know, there's no like artist that's like out there. And I'm like, why isn't there one? No one take my idea. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, anyone, if it, I, it doesn't even matter. I just feel like there should be someone or many or multiple people. Is that, is that going back to the, the reality show producer stuff? Is that marketing stereotypes? I don't know. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I don't, maybe it's like people don't see that. Like it's hard for people to imagine like, an Asian person just like singing pop and like being a badass. Like, I don't know. I'm not sure either. I have no well, idea. So I love that you're challenging that. <laughs> it Trying. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely needs, needs to be challenged. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> break legs there. Thank you. We're going we're gonna to be seeing you all over the place. All right. So we'll wrap up this episode here with three closing questions that okay. I ask everybody okay. on the podcast. The first one very simply is what motivates you? What motivates me? Definitely my family. I mean, I'm sure as you can tell, um, yep. very family oriented and yeah, it's, uh, Definitely family. Um, that's first and foremost. I always say family comes first. And then I guess it's just like the joy and passion. Like I think because I love what I do, um, it's easy to do it. And I feel very lucky that I've been able to do it. Um, and just in life, what motivates me? I think I'm so just like, oh, like I love life. Like, I don't know. I just love life. I love everything about it. And I love the, every little thing. And I'm just very grateful 
So I don't know. I just, that motivates me just like living. <laughs> I feel like you were slightly born in the wrong decade. Like you're a sixties or seventies sort For of. For sure. Like, I feel yeah. like that. Definitely. Like, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question is what advice would you give to your younger self and younger people listening now starting out down a similar path? I mean, I feel like it's probably going to sound cliche, but I really believe in it. I say just like, don't give up. Like truly it's, you just have to have faith as that's also very cliche, but like trust yourself, like believe in yourself and know that like, if it's your path, it's going to happen, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like just don't give up. I feel like I was going to say something else too. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it. Um, you know, oh, I always also say like, why not you? You know, like, why not me? You know, anyone that you see who's successful, they're all human. Everyone's human. So it's like, it could be you. Like, there's no reason it shouldn't be you. So yeah. Yeah. Have confidence in yourself. Don't be cocky. I think that's a fine line, confidence and cockiness, but like know your worth and yeah, just keep going. Don't give up. It's kind of the opposite of imposter syndrome. But I also have imposter syndrome. So it's very interesting. I think it's a balance, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you are a walking enigma. Okay. Uh, so the final question, hardest one, you can only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want. What would you see? Like what kind of show? Any you, your, your interpretation. Anything. Oh God. That's a really hard question. I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is friends, even though that's also like problematic in its own ways. It's just like a show that I love and everyone's so good on it. That's just what pops up. I'm sure if I like, I'm sure later after we're done, I'll be like, oh my God, I should have said that show. But that's the one that pops up right now. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So obviously we need to visit timesquarenyc.org slash Broadway buskers to get more info about your performance. You can find them also on facebook.com slash timesquarenyc or youtube.com slash timesquaretsq. And where can we find you personally on social? Um, on Instagram is probably the best at Alice. Hey, Alice. I love it. <laughs> All right. Yay. I'm online at the theaterpodcast.com on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast on facebook.com slash official theater podcast. Please leave a rating, leave a review. They all help. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. And Alice, thank you most of all. Thank you, Alan. This was so fun. So easy to talk to you. So fun. Deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.